For years, I was so fed up with shampoo, I just stopped washing my hair. I quit completely. I was so sick of poofy, frizzy, limp hair, distorting my natural oils. Until a few months ago, I found Modern Mammals, and it changed everything. And by the way, right now you can visit modernmammals.com and use code LSS for 10% off. So check that out. So look, I heard about this through the podcast, and before I agreed to advertise, they sent it to me, and I was reluctant. But let me tell you, I should not have been. This stuff is absolutely magical. My hair felt better, smelled way better, and most importantly, looked better. And I know it will do the same for you as well. It doesn't have those hair-ruining chemicals like other products, and it doesn't leave any leftover residues. It works. Don't believe me? Go read their awesome reviews online as well. Go to ModernMammals.com and use code LSS for 10% off. Again, that's ModernMammals.com for 10% off with promo code LSS. Don't forget to use our promo code LSS so they know we sent you. Sinners, welcome back to another episode of the podcast, Lead Singer Syndrome. My name is Shane Told. I will be your host for this episode and every episode going forward and every episode going backwards, all 200 and whatever we've done, go back, listen to them all. They're all pretty fun, but... This week is a really fun episode. Just a great conversation. Just two pals shooting the shit. Really, really nice to catch up with my friend Joe. He sings for Knuckle Puck. What a band. And they have a brand new record. It's coming out, I think, in like two weeks. It's a super good record. Actually, no, one week. One week. Wow, one week away. It's a super good record. I finally heard it. And I feel like this is the record people need right now. You know, it's a feel-good record. There's a lot of just good vibes, and I think it's their best. So, coming in hot, their third record. This is really, really exciting, and it's always nice to catch up with Joe. Before we get into that, I want to remind you all, if you would like to send me an email, you can do so. I read them all. I have been very poor at responding lately. It's just busy. That quarantine life, you know, it goes from nothing to do to like you said yes to everything and then it all just kind of piles up and, you know, I welcome that. It's good. It's good. What's next to do? Finish a bit of wallpapering, uh, completely reorganize my studio here. Yeah, lots to do, lots to do, lots to do within the All Access Club as well. If you're a member, expect some things sent out to you in the mail. And we got some new products too. We got masks. Those are, they come in handy this day and age, don't they? 
Like, who doesn't have a mask in your car? I mean, maybe if you live somewhere where you don't need one, but I feel like there's not that many places in the Western world where that is the case. Anyway, we got all kinds of stuff. If you are not a member of the All Access Club, you should really check it out because it is what keeps this show going for free week after week for as little as $6 a month. That gets you in. And yeah, it really, really helps me out. And you get a whole bunch of stuff, bonus content, bonus episodes, interaction with me, and interaction with other fans of the show in an incredible group. It's just the best. The link for that is leadsingersyndrome.com slash all access. Yeah. Did I mention merchandise? Did I mention masks? That's where you get them. Right there. You got to be a member. Members only. Leadsingersyndrome.com slash all access. It's been a really good last couple months of the podcast. I feel like maybe it's taken me nearly five years and 200 episodes to know what I'm doing. I feel really good about it. Had some of the best guests, some of the best interviews. And I am very pleased to say this is going to continue right through the end of 2020. So many great episodes already recorded. Make sure you're subscribed. I'm sure you already are if you're listening to this, because why wouldn't you be? That way you don't have to worry about it. It just comes to you. But if you're not, hit the subscribe button regardless. And if you like the show, write a review on iTunes. That would be awesome. Or just tell a friend, tell a loved one, you know, retweet or share or post about it or whatever. That all helps this show continue to grow. And, you know, if the last month and a half is any indication, you know, people really want to talk to me and they want to come on the show and they want to talk about their music and everything else. And they're very open with me. And I think the word has spread. So it's just exciting. And I want to thank everyone listening to this for being a part of it. And also remember, every Friday, me and music expert Mike Howell We talk about all the new stuff coming out every single Friday. It's called This is the New Shit. I dropped the mic there for a second. This is the new shit. Don't miss it. It's great as well. And a way different thing than what I do here talking to other guests. So make sure you don't miss that. Check it out. I say check it out a lot, don't I? Check it out. It's okay. Because you should. If I say it, do it. All right, <laughs> let's get in to this week's conversation with Joe Taylor of Knucklepuck. I've been pretty, uh, pretty good. I've just been, you know, hanging out. I've been uh, working on music and, yeah, man, trying to learn piano and, and oh, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, it's that's funny you bring that up because uh, I noticed, you know, just looking through like your Instagram or whatever, that uh, yeah, you got like a little bit of gear there in your in your little recording studio, you know, home studio. You've got some outboard gear, some preamps and stuff. Yeah, man, I got some stuff. <laughs> I I just. Um, started like expanding my stuff uh at the beginning of this year that's that's crazy you bring up the piano thing yeah i'm like terrible at piano 
You know, I'm a pretty decent guitar player. I have no piano skills. And I was thinking about that too. You know, like, hey, I got time. Maybe maybe it'd be a great time to figure out, you know, how to finally do this, you know? How how is that going for you? It's cool, man. Uh, like when I first sat down and, and started like learning, because I was just trying to like learn some specific songs uh, mm-hmm. that I had like known on guitar or whatever. And I'm trying to just translate it over to piano. So like it, it was really difficult for me to like sit down and like, because all the keys look the same, you know what I mean? <laughs> like as <laughs> you're know. as you're going through it, but you know, I, I got like you know, I got like the layout of all the notes now, um, pretty much memorized, and like I was actually able to like I'm actually able to play some like chord progressions now, and I'm like kind of amazing myself because I didn't think I'd be able to do that. <laughs> I know that's that's awesome. I the problem I have with piano, and I know this is going to sound ridiculous, but because I'm a guitar player and I've only ever played guitar, I I'm not used to using my thumbs. So like I yeah. want to I want to play like with my left hand. I want to just like riff with my fingers like I would on a guitar. And I never think about using my thumb. It feels like so awkward to push with. And I know that's like really holding me back. Yeah, man, you just got to try it. You know, I, and like I'm starting I haven't like, you know, obviously I'm not like doing crazy like bass lines with my with my left hand. Well, I'm a left-handed guitar player, so my Oh yeah, yeah right my fret hand is my right hand. So like, I don't know if that gives me an advantage or, or what. So you're, but right, I can't you're really... right-handed, like you throw a ball with your right hand? I throw a ball with my right hand, but my fretboard hand is my right hand. Yeah. So like, that's, that's like my dexterity. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, I mean, I think that if that's the way you, you would learn original, like originally when you play guitar, it would make so much sense because your, your fretting hand is the one doing all the work. You know? Yeah, dude, so I've you think it would be, give way. you a big advantage, yeah. Um, but yeah, I can't, I can't like do bass lines and stuff with my left hand on the piano. Like that's where I start getting like, uh, tripped up. You know what I mean? Right. Totally. Totally, man. Well, that's cool. I mean, that's a cool endeavor. I mean, otherwise, how you been holding up? I mean, here we are on, let me get the date for the people. It's August 14th. So we're talking about five months now, pretty much to the day when everything shut down. So Dang, really? Mar- to the day? Uh, March, April, April, May, June, July. Yeah, yeah. Like, I yeah. remember, I think the f- the 12, our, our last show, Silverstein, we, our last show was March 11th. And Did then, you guys cancel a tour? Yeah, we were in the middle or of a like, tour. Yeah, dude, us too. Oh, were you? Yeah, we were, uh, we were in LA. We played LA on, uh, I think, March 14th or March 13th. Right. And then we drove up to uh, bottom of the hill in San Francisco, and we loaded all our stuff on the stage. Just like any day, I went to bring my backpack in the green room. I came out of the green room, and our tour manager was like, "The the, the show's off. Uh, all of California's closed down." Um, and so we just kind of drove home. <laughs> yeah, that's that's exactly our story. I mean, we well, we we actually didn't quite load in. We we're lucky though, because so on the eleventh, uh, which was a uh, I guess a Wednesday, we played in Charlotte, North Carolina, and then we had a day off, and that's when it really started getting kind of weird, and we had a day off in North Carolina, too, and the next day was supposed to be Atlanta, you know, at the Masquerade, and uh, yeah, and it was seriously, like, by the minute changing, like, are we going, are we staying, are we going, are we staying, what are we doing, and then, yeah, it, it became pretty clear that we had to go home and the bands that did play shows that weekend, I don't know if you were one of them, like some of them were under some pretty big scrutiny too, you know, like, Oh, you're endangering the public and all this, you know? 
Yeah, I, I, I like look back on that and I'm like, man, like, you know, it was definitely kind of irresponsible. Uh, like, but it was weird because like nobody really knew like how seriously to take it. And, you know, you can blame a lot of factors for that. I mean, I guess, you know, you, you're from Canada, right? Yep. So it's maybe a little bit different over there. How, how are you guys handling it in Canada? Well, to be to be frank, much better than you guys. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's a fucking mess over here. Yeah. And like, that's, that's what I mean. Like, nobody took it seriously, like, especially, you know, those first couple days or like the first week or yeah. whatever that was. Yeah. Well, I mean, to be fair, we have a lot less people. You know, we have 10% of the people. So that obviously makes it a little bit easier for us. But no, I think like originally, you know, the first... um let's say month and a half, two months, we kind of had the same trajectory of you guys, like kind of the same sort of curve and the same amount of, you know, per capita cases. And then all of a sudden, like our shit went down, like started going down when yours did, but then ours just kept going down, kept going down. And now yours for some reason has gone up, like, you know, the cases are as high as they've ever been pretty much right now. So I don't know what it was about us, but like, you know, I think... I think like yesterday we had something like 350 new cases in the entire country. And, you know, in my town we had eight. So, you know, so like that's much less per capita. That would be like the same as the states, you know, having like 4,000 cases or something. And you guys have like 10. So you guys have like 10 (laughs) times more than us per capita or something like that. So, yeah, like here things are getting kind of back to normal. Like, um, not everything is open, but like you can go eat in a restaurant now. Um, oh, you the- can eat in a restaurant here, dude. Don't worry. You shouldn't be able to. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't worry, man. Well, you can do whatever you want here still. Um, that's crazy. Yeah, no, it, that's that's the messed up part because it's like, yeah, like they're still opening restaurants. They're still trying to send kids back to school, man. It's yeah. like nobody, you know, it's just crazy. Yeah, that's the whole thing right now that they're talking about in, in the province I live in, in Ontario of how they're going to do that and if they're going to do that still and the the you know our our premier it's kind of like our governor we just call it a premier in Canada he's mm-hmm. like um really pushing hard for it and you know he's kind of a conser- well he is a conservative guy so you know it's really really tough to know what's best but you know we've erred on the side of caution so far you know and we've been very bipartisan in that you know everyone's been working on the same team, which I think is a big difference in Canada than in the U S where like they're making this so politicized, you know, when really it shouldn't be, it's, it's not about that. It's about, you know, public health, but Hey, you know, Oh yeah. hundred percent is about public health, man. And it's, it's crazy because like, I remember being in high school and like, you know, looking into conspiracy theories and stuff like that. And like, my mom or, you know, my parents and like adults being like, Oh, that's, you know, that's conspiracies. That stuff's not real. And now everybody's buying into conspiracies. And I'm like, wait a second. You are guys are the people that told me not to believe everything I read online. And now you're all doing that. <laughs> I know. Right. It's, yeah, it's, it's crazy. The shit that people think is going on and how many people are covering it up and stuff. Sometimes, sometimes I'm just like, Oh my goodness. But you know, people want to, I think, I think really, people actually do believe this but they believe in it because it 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 works to their agenda you know what i mean it 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 adds up the numbers the way they want to be added up you know and they can't, they can't just look at the numbers and go mm, 2 plus 2 isn't 5 dude you know and that's that's yeah. the uh, it's wild dude but hey and i got to um, say i just want to go on the record and say yes 
COVID is real. My uncle died from it. It's oh, real. Really, dude? Yeah, oh, it's fucking it's so real, man. To hear about that. It, it's all right. It's you know, like he, he was in, in great health anyway. Like he was he was in a home, and like a bunch of people got it. And it's like that's yeah. been the case in so many places. And you know, people want to think that like I don't know that they're not actually dying from COVID or whatever, but it's like they are. I know, dude. Oh. Uh, Anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to bring the, the no, moment down, but no, just I, mean, I just want to let people know it's fucking real. Yep. That's, yeah, man, that's, that sucks you have to go through that. Well, let's, uh, let's change subjects for a second. I mean, we're still going to talk about this because your new record, 2020, is out September 18th on Rise Records. Now, for people that don't know this, it's 2020 as in like 2020 vision, 20 slash 20, but obviously this year being 2020 and being the craziest year of my life and I'm sure pretty much everyone listening to this what how did this title come about exactly is it related to what we're going through or did you guys have this uh, beforehand uh no yeah so that song we we started working on that one in 2019 and that was just strictly like a it kind of you know it, it definitely made sense that we were going into the year 2020 sure. but it was just it was just like uh the song is just about like you know, clarity and like living life. Um, so, so yeah. And, and, you know, eventually Nick was like, you know, that could be the song or the, the album title. And, you know, we weren't so sure cause we didn't want it to be like 2020 the year, 2020 the album. But like, as we kept working on songs and like, you know, finishing lyrics and stuff that kind of ended up being the theme uh, for the whole record, which is, you know, like, yeah, like clarity and living life, man. And, living life yeah because yeah go ahead go ahead no i i I wasn't gonna cut you off at all i just think that it's very interesting you know that you guys wrote this song in 2019 it it's track one on the record as well um i haven't heard the record yet but i i know it's track one because i saw the track listing and you know it's just kind of interesting that all of a sudden you've gone from you know a pretty unique and cool plan words, you know, um, that sets the tone to now something that has even more meaning, right? Because of the whole idea of, of you know, 2020 and, and vision and, and you know, kind of having foresight in what's going to happen. And a lot of us really don't have that right now. So when you're talking about having 2020 vision, you know, for the future or whatever, like that's so oxymoronic, right? But Yet it's a title for you guys in such a different way. And I always like when, you know, never mind lyrics that have double meanings, but when you have triple meanings and quadruple meanings and everything on it. And that's what this album title is starting to represent, which I think is really, really interesting. Yeah, man. And, you know, we we just wanted to make a record because, you know, we we did Copacetic, our first full length. Yeah. And that and, you know, that record was supposed to be like the message of that was supposed to be like everything's good. Like, right. You know, your life isn't as bad as you feel like. But, you know, we were pretty young when we wrote that. I mean, we're still young. Like, I can't lie. But but we were younger when we wrote that. And the output of that record ended up being a little more like, you know, I'm doing air quotes right now. But it ended up being a little more like emo, uh, I think, than we anticipated. It was more like in your feelings instead of being like things are actually good. Sure. And then Shapeshifter was like our second LP. That was kind of an angry record. It was like an explosion of uh, yep. of of anger. I feel like. And then you know, me and me and Nick sat down. We we primarily write the lyrics. Uh, so we sat down. and We were like, well, what do we want to? 
you know, like accomplished with this record. And we do, we just straight up wanted to make a fun record because we do this to have fun. And we thought like, you know, I'm 27 now, you know, Nick's 28. Uh, the, the other guys are 28 and, you know, Ryan's younger than us, but, um, you know, we just were like, we have a responsibility to like, make sure that our, the feelings of our message, like matches the output of our message. Um, and so, yeah, man. So like, we just, we wanted to make a record that you can like, it was going to be perfect for summer. It was supposed to be out already. It was supposed to be out in like June. Yeah. Um, but it was going to be like the perfect summer record, like roll down your windows, like, you know, feel good, man. Like go outside, live life. And, and, you know, know that like you're alive today, like right now. And, and like you said, like you said, having that like 2020, um, foresight, like into the future, we're so, we're more so like 2020, like vision right now, like, you know, look around you and and see that everything exists right now. Like the whole idea that like tomorrow never really comes. It's only ever today, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, there's something that resonated with me and I know you're a Chicago guy. You probably watched the last dance on Netflix, you know, with Michael Jordan and and all that. And, um, it was, uh, it was so brilliant and they had someone talked about like, okay, what, what makes Michael Jordan, you know, so great. And somebody talked about how, I don't remember who it was, but they talked about how every moment of his life, he was so present you know, he was there. He was never worrying about the next shot or the next game or anything, you know, or the next interaction he was going to have with someone else. Or, And that's so easy to do when you're, you know, the most famous man on the planet at the time, right? And he was yeah. so immersed in what was going on right now and, and at that very moment succeeding. And I really took a lot from that. Um, and I've been, I think about that really often and how much, like... I should be focusing right now on my conversation with you and what I'm saying and our and and I but you it's it's so natural for the mind to start to wander, you know, about oh well after this I gotta, you know, me and my girlfriend are going to the garden center and what kind of trees are we gonna buy? And like these things <laughs> creep into your that's what I'm gonna do after this, and I don't wanna think about that. At the time I'll think about that. And that's and that really is like goes back to what you're talking about, you know, and having this twenty twenty vision for the right now. And I really like that approach, you know, and I think that that not only is that, you know, a cool concept for an album, but like, to be honest, man, that's what the world needs right now, right? Like, we really do need to focus on doing the right thing every moment of of the day. Yeah, man. And yeah, it's, it's, uh, yeah. Do you, do you meditate at all? No, I don't. I, I got into it. I had an ex that was, you know, kind of like a hippie and she was super into Buddhism and stuff. And, um, I, she kind of got me into it, but like for a couple months and then I kind of like, I kind of bailed on it. Like I'm just, I wouldn't say I'm, I'm like a super type A personality. Like I'm going to have a fucking heart attack kind of guy. Like I am pretty laid back, but I am like constantly thinking about the shit I have to do, you know? So maybe I really do need that. And, and I don't know why I bailed on it. When would you do it in the day, if you don't mind me asking? Um, I don't know. I don't think it was like a specific set time that I was doing it. It was kind of just like, okay, now's the time to do it, you know? Okay. Yeah, man. See, I've been I've been like waking up in the morning. Mm-hmm. And dude, like as soon as I wake up, you know, obviously like wake up, wake up. Um, I'll just sit on my bed. 
I, I set a timer on my phone for 17 minutes. Sometimes I'll look up like daily meditation thoughts, which, you know, pulls up like a link to like an AA website or whatever. But like, it's kind of cool to like scroll through that and see like, you know, meditation thoughts for the day, you know, um, my, uh, a couple of days ago, it was like, the, what was the topic? It was the topic was, was like all things that, uh, can be well, will be well or something like that. Right. And so, yeah, man, I just sat, you know, I put my timer on for 17 minutes and I just closed my eyes and kind of just chill and, and like, think about, you know, all, all things that can be well, will be well. Um, well, that's, and, that's know, awesome those, way to start your day, I guess. Yeah, dude. And, and I wake up, I like open my eyes at the end of it and I feel like refreshed. I feel like clear headed and like ready to like go into the day. Whereas before I feel like I'd wake up and I just kind of like go through the motions. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, you know what I was doing for a while and I'm not doing this at the moment, but I really think I should be. What I used to do is I used to get up in the morning and so many people do this. They, the first thing they do is they roll over and they look at their phone and they see notifications and messages and this person liked your photo and, and there's a text message from this person or this email and then all of a sudden like before you even opened your eyes all the way, you're immersed in like all these problems and all these like, a lot of it's like other people's problems, you know? And yeah. so what I started doing is I'd wake up and the, I would absolutely not look up my phone um, or look at anything for like an hour. And I would get up and I would do, you know, even if it's just like making coffee and like sitting out on the porch or, or, you know, or watching the news or, you know, doing a crossword puzzle, like whatever I felt like doing just for myself. And yeah. I guess that's not quite the same as med- as meditation, but in some ways it, it is, right? It's like just starting off your day with the right mindset and the right positivity. And then after, you know, I go through that, it's like, okay, I'll, I'll look at my phone and I'll see what there is to do, you know, to deal with that day. Um, Dude, it's crazy. I feel like in 2020, that kind of is meditation. <laughs> right. Like in, in a way, just like, which is crazy. Like I'm in the process of, of like getting a flip phone because I'm <laughs> good for you. I'm, like it's, I'm pretty sure it's coming tomorrow and I'm just going to like, Dude, because cause you're right. Like, yeah, living living real life is is so underrated. Yeah. No, I remember uh, I hung out with Matt from Avenged Sevenfold, like, back on a Warp Tour. And this was, like, I don't know. This is still a while ago. So this, this isn't, like, like, three years ago or anything. But, like, this is, you know, maybe ten years ago or whatever it was. Okay. So he, they, they did a few shows on Warp Tour, and we hung out. We played poker together, and... And I said to him, I was like, hey, man, like, let me grab your number. I'll text you for, uh, you know, for when we set up the poker game again. And he's like, oh, I don't have a phone. <laughs> I was like, what? He's like, yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't have a phone. And um, he didn't. He didn't. I mean, I, I don't remember what year this was uh, exactly. 2009? Is that right? Every, but everybody he, still had phones around then. Oh, we, we, we still had – everyone still had smartphones. I mean, back in 2004 – I, I'm just thinking of warp tours. Like in '04, I had a you know a, side, a sidekick, you know that had all that shit yeah. on it. And then I think a couple years later, it was all Blackberries, you know, mm-hmm. until like 2010. And I mean the iPhone, the iPhone came out in 2007. So yeah. to not have a phone at all in 2009 or whenever it was, I was like, dude, that's crazy. He's like, yeah, <sighs> you know, you can text like you can text my um like his tour manager was also his 
his girlfriend. I think they're married now. So, like, she had a phone and would, like, you know, deal with stuff. But he didn't have one. And I was like, that is so cool. Like, this guy is just, you go back to the Michael Jordan thing. Like, this guy's like, nope, I'm just, I'm present. You know, I'm hyper-present in what I'm doing. And, you know, that dude was, that dude's a great singer. That dude's a great poker player, too, actually, by the way. <laughs> so, um, no, I, I just want to hear about people that, that you know, do that. And, and a lot of times nowadays people will, like, roll their eyes or, or say, oh, whatever. Like, that person's, like, you know, air quotes again, weird. It's like, wait a second, maybe they've got the right idea. Yeah, man. I mean, you can remember a time without phones. Mm -hmm. It was a lot slower. Yeah, well, you're you're, you're 27. I'm I'm 12 years older than you, right? So, like, I, my first, like, okay, here's some perspective. I remember I got my first email address, and I was in 11th grade. That's like that's like when email came out. So I got a, a Hotmail account, gmoney at hotmail.com. Don't email me. It doesn't work anymore. That was that was my Hotmail address. And uh yeah, and it was just just straight up. There was no numbers or anything after it. Like I could have got anything. I just got gmoney because I thought it was funny. And uh yeah, that that was what it was. Like you had slow ass internet and that was it. There was email and that was like the crazy thing. You know, like, I remember when Silverstein started in 2000, and Paul, our drummer and our manager now, he made us a website, and I thought it was hilarious. Like, what the <laughs> fuck do we need a website for? You know, we're a band. Because it was, you know, it wasn't a common thing yet. And, and of course, like, you know, social media didn't come out until later, and I didn't have a phone. I, like, even our first tour in 2003, like, none of us had phones. We, we toured we- in the van, and if we had to make a phone call, we, we stopped, and we used a pay phone. What did you do for directions? Did you do MapQuest? Well, yeah, we we uh, would print out all the directions for the entire tour and put it in a binder, like before we left for tour. So then, <laughs> what was funny is like if we'd we'd play a show and all the directions were like from venue to venue, but of mm. course we'd like stay at people's houses or whatever, so we'd always get lost. You know, we'd we'd end up. <laughs> we'd end up like at someone's house staying over and then we'd, you know, we'd have to like ask for directions to get to, back to the interstate, you know. And then we had like one of those road atlases, you know, those books like with maps. No, I've never seen one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we used, it, we used it every single day and um, that's what we did. I remember the first time I saw a band with a GPS, it was probably around 2005. It was uh, that band Aiden. It was on Victory okay. Records, and they had a GPS. It fucking blew my mind. I couldn't believe it. I was like, <laughs> how does this fucking thing know where you are? How does it work? And I was like, man, that's mo- you motherfuckers are cheating, dude. We used to go downtown, find a guy wearing a leather jacket, and ask him where the show was. That's how we, that's how we found the venue. <laughs> dude, it's insane. And, and, and now it's so easy. You can just go anywhere you want, or you can like Google map any area. I know. I know it's it's what's the, the crazy thing is the how little preparation you have to do for anything like I remember going to the mall when I was a kid and like you know let's say I was going with like my mom and my sister or like my cousin and okay me and my cousin want to go to these stores and my mom and my sister want to go to these stores it would be like okay meet back here at 2 p.m. right and then yeah. you would have to or you would never be able to 
communicate with these people, right? Like, you would have to meet at that time, and that's just the way that it was, you know? You know what my mom would do? We'd go to, like, Target or something, I'd be like, oh, I'm going to go to the toys. I'd go to the toys, and then, like, instead of coming to get me, she would just go to the front and be like, could you page my kids? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it was so embarrassing every time, and I'm like, why don't you just come find me at the toys? <laughs> no, I... Fuck, I remember I got lost one time in a store and I had to do that. And I'm like scream crying because I can't find my mother. And she finds me and runs over, practically tackles me like, oh, my God, don't ever do that again. You know, (laughs) now they're just like they have your location on their phone. They're just like, oh, (laughs) no, straight up. I mean, that's that's like that's what's going on. And it's just a different world. It's completely different. But. Yeah, like you, you do have to wonder is is twenty twenty really better? And I don't know. What I'm amazed about too, and I don't want to harp on this any longer than we've already have, but like I have three nephews and they're fairly young. Like the oldest one uh is just about to turn uh uh fifteen. And like those kids are they do so much less stuff than I did when I was like a kid. Like I'd go off like ride my bike like I wouldn't see my parents for hours they'd have no idea where I was I didn't have a phone there was no tracking like anything I just yeah. I'd be home at dinner and it was fine you know like my friends and I we were 10 years old we'd go to like a Chinese buffet restaurant together and eat <laughs> we were 10 and it was like fine yeah. now like kids like kids don't live like that anymore even though they're all tracked in like you know everyone has phones and communication and whatever like kids still aren't allowed to do shit <laughs> Yeah, man, it, it, that's true. That's very true. And I feel like it, it gives less incentives to like, because you have so many things like available at your fingertips as a kid, whether it's like YouTube or, or whatever, I, you know, like, you know what it was like to like find a guitar or like want to play a guitar and sit in a room with like only a guitar and like your only option was to suck at it or put it down or then like pick it back up. You know what I mean? Yeah. You didn't, you weren't like, oh, well, I'm just going to go watch YouTube for four hours. I know. I know. Well, shout out to my nephews because they are playing guitar. And uh, from what Hell I understand, yeah. my uh, my oldest nephew is getting pretty good. So there you go. That's awesome. There you go because I know a lot of kids these days there's, are not bothering with that kind of shit. So There's still hope. <laughs> there's still hope. Um, well, dude, let's talk more about the record. So a um, couple things. I read in your press release, I found this very interesting. So you talk about how 2020 in many ways is a companion piece to your uh, debut record, Copacetic 2015, filtering the same youthful wide-eyed approach of your earlier material through sonic evolutions you've explored since. Um, I find it interesting that you're going back and you're comparing it to your first album while not really bringing up anywhere in your press release your last record, Shapeshifter, which was a record I absolutely loved. And I'm kind of wondering why that is. Like, are you guys disappointed I'm wondering at all why Shapeshifter? That is. I'm wondering why that is. I didn't I didn't know that. Oh, okay. Okay. Um no, um, I mean, dude, Shapeshifter, it was it was a really uh tough process for us. Mm-hmm. Uh we ended up I don't know. Did we talk about Shapeshifter before or yeah, no? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I did. I actually didn't go back and listen to our last our last interview, but I'm I'm sure we talked. Yeah, we talked about the record, but we can talk about it again. I mean, even if we did, it's great to get some new perspective, you know? Yeah, man. I mean, it was just it was a difficult time for us in general. We ended up kind of recording the album twice. Like we went, yeah. 
we went, yeah, to California to Steve Evitz and we, you know, recorded 85% of the record, um, ran out of time and had to go out on tour with Mayday Parade. And, you know, John wasn't happy with a lot of his drum parts and, you know, a lot of guitar stuff was kind of sloppy, uh, because like, I don't, I'm not, I'm a guitar player, but I don't play live. Um, and so I sit down when I play and record and whatever. And as soon as I stand up, I kind of suck unless I'm like (laughs) practicing while standing up. Um, but we got to the studio and like, you know, he, he made us stand up and play because he's like, well, when you play guitar, you're not sitting down. And I'm like, well, that's why so I weird. Sit down. That's the weirdest thing I've ever heard. It, it was strange. And I was like, you know, I, I always like, I don't, I suck when I stand up. Like I could play as perfect if I just sit down and I couldn't do that. Um, and so like, so like my, a lot of my guitar parts like ended up being, you know, kind of sloppy or like maybe I was bending, bending some strings out, you know, in like a rhythm guitar or something. Yeah. So we had to like go back in and like, surgically fix a lot of stuff on shapeshifter. Um, but I, but I guess, I guess like thinking now, I guess, you know, relating our new album directly back to the first one. Cause like I said, like when we started writing copacetic, we, we wanted to make a record that, you know, I mean, the name of the record is copacetic. So, you know, everything's good. Like yeah, your life might feel like, a mess or like it's crashing down. But like at the end of the day, like you have family or like you have people around you that care about you. And like, most of all, like you have yourself and you're alive. And, you know, when Nick, like I said, when Nick and I were talking about what we should do with the new record, that's kind of what we kept talking about. And then we realized like, this is kind of what we talked about when we did the first record, but we didn't really hit the nail on the head with that. Like what we wanted to accomplish. Right. Well, there you go. Then that makes a lot of sense. No, I absolutely love Shapeshifter. I mean, you know, it being your second album and obviously like the second album thing is something we talk about a lot on this show. It's the make or break record, you know? No band really ever comes out after making a poor second album and really goes on to have, you know, a great career. And I think, I thought you guys absolutely nailed it. But it's amazing how sometimes, you know, what people hear, you know, even me, even being a guy that know, you know, knows you and knows the process, I still hear that record. I hear just great songs and I hear great performances and I hear an awesome record. But when you listen to it, you hear the hardships, you hear the struggles, you know, your drummer hears drum performances that he's not a hundred percent on. You hear a string out of tune, you know, I don't hear that. Well, you don't because we fixed all that shit. Uh, as soon as <laughs> okay, we went exactly. back to the studio, John re-recorded all his drums. Oh, okay. I, you know, any guitar tracks that were bad, we just, because we got there, we were only going to do vocals, right? We were like, we'll go to the studio at, with our guy, Seth Henderson, and we'll just finish vocals there. Well, when we got there, or like before we got there, when we started like listening through Shapeshifter and listening to what we did at Steve's, we were like, oh man, like there's a lot more problems than just like them being instrumental songs right now. Um, so we had like a big fight and then we were all like, why are we fighting? Uh, we just need like, what do we need to do to make everybody in this band like stoked on this record? And John was like, well, I need to redo my drums. So the first day we went in, we, he redid all his drums in, he did all the songs in one day or he did nine of the songs in one day and did like the 10th song, the 10th or whatever, 11th song, uh, the next day. And then it was like, okay, cool. 
well, what else? And once we started digging through the tracks, we we started like being like, well, that guitar sounds like shit. Okay, let's just redo it. We can get a better tone or we can get a better performance. So, uh, you know, we're, I mean, I think I speak for everybody when I say we love Shapeshifter. I, I love Shapeshifter. When we did that and it was done and everything was said and done, like, we, me and Nick have like a big conversation and like, you know, when you're making a record, like somebody will have an idea or something and you might not agree with that. Yeah. Um, and so there were some things that like, I didn't like the opening two tracks of the record, like those were my songs and I like did not want them to open the record. And, you know, Nick was like, no, like they need to like this you know what I mean? Like he had, he had like the whole track listing and he was so stoked on what he came up with. And, you know, I conceded and, 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 you know, after it, you know, after we were done, after we listened to them or took some time and then listened back to the masters, I was like, dude, you were right. Like, you know what I mean? Like just, I don't know. It's, yeah. it's, it's just interesting because like after the fact, like taking that break and listening to it and being like, damn, like we together, we did something here. Yeah. Um, well, so I, feel, I, I love Shapeshifter. <laughs> I love that. No, I, I love it too. I, I feel like you and Nick, like you guys have such strong visions, you know, um, independently. And then when you come together, magic happens. But do you guys butt heads a lot? Um, do we butt heads a lot? Well, he's been in LA for a couple of years. So yep. when we've, when we've talked, uh, and like, you know, communicated in the last few years that he's been out there, it's been two, um, you know, it's, it's generally been super positive. Um, yeah, no, dude, I don't, I don't think we butt heads a lot. I mean, we, you know, we, we have like, I mean, just like any friends, you know, we have like our things, but, um, but dude, everyone in the band, like we're all brothers, man. And, and, you know, me and Nick too, we have a, like a, a different, but like similar, um, like upbringing, where, you know what I mean? Like my situation, uh, growing up was like a single parent. His had, he had two parents and stuff like that, but we, it's, it's crazy on like the things that we relate to each other on, given our different situations. Um, we like meet in the middle and, and it's like, dude, you get this. Like I get this too. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, that's great when you're writing lyrics together for sure. Right. I mean, yeah. Cool. Awesome. Um, so, uh, uh, with the new record too, I love this. I, I didn't want to forget to bring it up. You guys have some really cool pre-order items. My favorite is this 2020 Overdrive pedal, and <sighs> that is the coolest pre-order item I have ever seen. It looks like an awesome pedal. It's all. It's I think it's sold out now, but it was only 165 bucks, dude. That's a good price. T- yeah, t- man. Talk to me about how this came to be. Well, honestly, that's uh, that's Nick's project, man. Um, Nick, Nick started getting into like messing with his own pedals and he would like, you know, clip a diode out here or there and like see what it would do. Um, and you know, and he's, he's just had like a rotating, um, like, you know, pedal closet, um, you know, pedal case, whatever you want to call it, um, where he's, he's really like, you know, he's used all of these overdrives. He's used, he's gotten like a Timmy overdrive, like a, you know, like a Klon or whatever, like a Maxon. He, he's had, you know, even more that I, I can't even think of right now. Um, but, but yeah, dude, that was definitely his, uh, his brainchild and like his project. Um, I think, I think one side is, I think it's based off of the Timmy. I think 
one side is like a like a clon Timmy kind of thing, mm-hmm. and then the right thing is just uh, like a little boost. Cool. No, it's rad. It's rad. And yeah, I got into pedal, you know, some pedal building and stuff. Like you know, they'll like build your own clones and all yeah. that. So yeah, I built a bunch of those, and then. I like, yeah, I tried to mod some tube screamers and, you know, fuck around with them. So when I saw that, I was like, that's so rad. It's going to be funny when your fans that don't even play guitar just have like a pedal kicking around. Yeah, <laughs> I know? feel like a couple of people did buy them that don't play. But, sure. you know, sure. I think we're going to make some more at some point. But, you know, I don't I honestly haven't even I've been bugging Nick for him to send me one because, dude, it's crazy. He, You know, he uh, he posted like a video or we posted a video on our band account. And dude, it, it the the guitar tone sounds like the record. Yeah, it it blew my mind because I was like, not that I I didn't think that it would be a good pedal, not that at all. But because he dude he design he like designed it from from the bottom up. Yeah, like the the enclosure um and and everything on the inside. Like he spent he spent like a few months working on that with uh with his cousin, and um yeah man it it's crazy like. When I finally heard the pedal in action, I was blown away. And I was like, because, you know, I did tell him, like, you know, send me a prototype. Like, I want to try it out and all this stuff. But when I heard, like, the final pedal, I was like, dude, you need to send me this now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. No, that's right. I I love that so much. So Copacetic is five years old. I saw that, too. You guys did, like, a, you know, dropped some merchandise and stuff. How does that feel now to have that kind of your first milestone of your career with you know, with sort of like an anniversary. It's cool. It's cool because, um, listening back to it, we all think it doesn't sound very good. <laughs> and so, but, but it's, it's a positive thing because, uh, I'll, you know, it kind of gives us the opportunity and, and, uh, walks us into the conversation of doing like a remix sure. of the album. Um, which I don't, you know, I don't know if, other bands would consider doing that. I mean, I think that record sounds especially just like that record. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and we, you know, we, we had to do it really quickly and that's kind of why it sounds the way it sounds. Yeah. Um, but, but it's cool, man. We love that record and we, uh, Vince Raddy mixed our new record. He mixed 2020 and he killed it. Um, we recorded it with Seth Henderson, who's our guy. We've done everything with him. Um, except for Shapeshifter V1, right. which no one will probably ever hear. But, um, but yeah, dude, it's it's cool because it it like brings up more excitement because you know people I've seen people complain about how the record how copacetic sounds, and we're just like you know whatever. But yeah, it it, it brings up the opportunity instead of us being like oh we don't like this or that. Why don't we just do something about it? Cool. So. Honestly, the five-year thing has brought us to that conversation. Nice. Nice. Well, so who I knows mean, when, but... Well, I mean, everybody's got time right now, right? I mean, I guess that's my next question for you guys, too. Um, what's your take now on, you know, obviously the rest of the year, it seems like everything's going to be shut down. Do you guys have plans to resume touring next year? And in the meantime, are you guys exploring live streaming or, or anything like that? So, yeah, actually, today we are going to announce... Today, which is uh, what day is it again? I Sorry, think it's the fourteenth of August. Okay, so yes, today, today or Monday, we're announcing. When is this going to be up? Uh, well, not before Monday. Probably a couple weeks. Okay, cool. So, so yeah. So back 
back a couple weeks ago then, we we actually did <laughs> announce a live stream. And we're going to be setting up at Lincoln Hall in Chicago. And it's going to be streamed by Audio Tree. Nice. Um, and that'll be like the 2020 album release show. Awesome. Um, and then, yeah, we're going to do some like acoustic session thing. We're just going to like record it at my house. Um, but But I don't know about like touring and stuff because, you know, we, we talk about it. But then, you know, first it was like, oh, we'll talk about the fall. And now it's like, oh, we'll, we'll talk about next spring. And, know. you know, given how everything's been handled, like we said, especially in the U.S., when do when does anybody think it's going to be a good idea to get 150 people close quarters in a room, let alone more than that? Right. Oh, 1,500 people. Right. I mean, hopefully, yeah, but <laughs> right. exactly. <laughs> That's going to happen. Exactly. You know. And when are people going to feel safe doing that? And, like, I don't blame people either. Honestly, like, touring really right now, like, isn't on my radar. Because, like we were talking about before, uh, just really trying to take this time to, like, do stuff and and be in the moment. You know what I mean? Yeah. Take advantage of this because I feel like people are going to look back on this time. You know, kids especially hanging out with their parents. It's going to be like the endless summer kind of thing. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, you guys have gone pretty hard for like six years straight, right? Isn't that when you started yeah. touring? I mean, how is it to finally have some time off? Is that good or or bad for you? Or I think it's great. Okay, good. So you I needed, it you needed a bit of a break. Yeah, man. It, it couldn't be better. Like I said, like there's so many things I wanted to do or I have wanted to do, like get better at guitar and like learn piano and, and actually like, you know, continue to get into recording. Like I said, I I bought a bunch of stuff at the beginning of the year. Um, and then when everything shut down, I was like, well, I spent all this money on all this stuff. So that kind of sucks, but I have it now so I can like learn how to use it. Um, and so I have a band with, um, Dan who, Dan Lampton, who, yeah. uh, used to be in real friends Yeah. and, uh, KP's bassist, uh, Ryan, he plays drums for it. So it's just the three of us. And do we rented out a studio for three days? Uh, we, we tracked like 80% of this new EP at my house. And then we went to a studio and did like, I brought all my gear and we just did like drums and vocals there over the course of three days. Nice. And so is that, that's Rationale? Yeah, it's called Rationale. Yeah. Um, and I'll send you those songs. They're not, they're not mixed right now. They're, it's like my mix, but you know, we're, we're sending them out to, uh, this dude, John Markson. He's in uh, a band called, uh, Such Gold. He also plays in a band called Taking Meds. Oh yeah. No, I, I re- we did some shows with Such Gold back in the day. Yeah, I remember that that band. He he works with like Drug Church and stuff like that. Yeah. He's done there. He did Cheer, um, awesome, and some other stuff by then. And he dude, he kills it. So you know that's kind of like what we're doing and like try honestly trying to like write new KP songs while we're just chilling. Nice. Tell me about your vocal chain. What are you using? Oh, my vocal chain. So I <laughs> we're getting nerdy so I go, for a second. So I got I got the uh, the Apollo Twin. Oh yeah, um, I got and, that too. Yep. Hell yeah, dude. It's the best, right? It's great. Um, so I, I go into that and then I use like the uh, the Unison emulation of the API vision. Cool. And then I'll like monitor through any of like the 1176 uh, plugins. Yeah. You got any um, favorite plugins at the moment? Uh, well, I'm, dude, honestly, I've just been putting the 1176 uh, compressor on like everything. Uh <laughs> Cause yeah, man, like that's, uh, I like look at my projects and it's like mainly that. There you go. That I'm putting on stuff that and like the distressor is cool. Oh yeah. Uh, 
the uh, yeah the universal audio emulation of it. Yeah, and then I, I my that mic that I use. Oh, you had that one. Yeah, I have. Yeah, the Empirical Labs. Yeah, I have. I have uh, the Distressor. It, it's. I don't think it's quite as good as like the hardware box, but it does the job. Definitely does does the job. I'm sure, dude. That's the thing. Like, I you know I haven't used the actual hardware of any of those. So oh, yeah, getting to play around with it on a well, at least you know in the studio, I'm sure we've used them, but like I've never actually used it myself. Um, so to be able to do it is, you know, that's cool. And like get, but I know that it's not a hundred percent the same. Um, yo, I skipped over my vocal mic. I, I use the AKG, I use the AKG, uh, C414 BULS, the old one. Nice. Yeah. Uh, that's with the brass, uh, uh, capsule, right? I believe so. Yeah. those, Those are sick, man. Yeah. The, the, actually I have, uh, I have the warm audio version of that microphone. You know, warm audio, they make all those clones. Yeah, I have, yeah. I have their their 414 uh, clone, and it's, yeah, it's sick too. So, yeah, that's a great Dude, mic. Fuck yeah. I, yeah, especially on certain voices. Like, I could see it working really well with your voice, the way you sing. So that's... Yeah. Uh, Dude, that's what I used on, on the new record. I just brought my mic in, and that's yeah. what I used. Sick. That's so. That's so sick, man. Yeah, I think is that the mic that's in the uh, "I Want to Hold Your Hand" video, the May, May Day Parade cover. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what I used. Yeah, I saw that. How was that? How was doing that song with those guys? That was like a kind of a cool big collaboration with a whole bunch of people. Yeah, dude, that was really cool. And honestly, that like got me on a Beatles kick. And I've like <laughs> been since I since I recorded that, which was like probably a couple months ago now. I've been like exclusively listening to like the Beatles and you know, Paul McCartney and, uh, and Joe Walsh, which Joe Walsh has nothing to do with the Beatles, but, um, you know, Joe Walsh from like yeah, the Eagles, from the Eagles. Sure. Sure. Um, so, you know, I'm just, <laughs> I don't know it's kind of random, but I, I love Joe Walsh, but oh. so I've just been like listening to that stuff like over and over. I think my, my girl's getting kind of sick of it, but no, dude, the Beatles <laughs> like, yeah, the, like I obviously like heard all the songs when I was a kid, you know, my parents would listen to them in the car and stuff. And then I forget, I forget how old I was. I was like 19 maybe. And I found, like, at some old record store, I found um, a copy of Abbey Road mm. in, like, the dollar bin. This is back when no one cared about vinyl, you know? Like, yeah. this is probably, this is in, like, the year 2000, I guess, or 99, 2000. And I got a copy of Abbey Road for a dollar. <laughs> and uh, and I was like, oh, this is cool. Like, yeah, and, and like, I listened to through that record. And, like, you know, obviously I knew, like, Come Together and... And here comes the sun, and like those those songs that are you know the hits. But when you start to dive into the Beatles deep cuts, you know you're like, holy shit! Like this band is insane. Like every song is like such so interesting, and there's so many great ideas, it, it, even for for it being so long ago. And then I just dove in like head first, and I became like pretty much the biggest Beatles fan I, I know. And now I'm like just I'm a diehard. And every like five years or so, I'd say. I just get into it again and I'm like, and I listen to it incessantly again until like, I'm like, okay, this is getting a little nuts. And then I'll just put on some punk rock or something. But yeah, man, I I love the Beatles. You never give me your money on. Oh yeah. I've been like starting the record on you never give me your money. Well, do you know that song has, I think it uses every chord, like every key. Does it? Something like that. There's, there's this, yeah. if, If you look up. Well, yeah, it starts on A. That's what that was. Those were those were the first uh, the first chords I was learning on piano. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, that's probably a great great tool to practice with that because yeah, apparently it uses 
I don't know if there's like a bunch of key changes in it, but it uses like the most um, chords of like any Beatles song, and it pretty much uses uses them all, I guess, which is Damn. nuts. Yeah, I did not know that. Yeah, what a, what a jam. Damn, and just dude. all of it, dude. Oh, we'll we'll talk about this outside the podcast too. <laughs> we got to talk more outside the podcast. No, obviously. man. I, well, it was fun <laughs> running into you. Like, was it in Milwaukee? Yeah, uh, at yeah, that at emo, the night? emo night. Oh god, I was so hammered. I think I think you were too. <laughs> I was I was I was uh, I was a little tipsy. <laughs> I was good. No, no, man. It's always it's always good to see you, dude. It's uh it's great. Always great to catch up. Yeah, dude. So uh, what else, man? Well, t- uh, before I let you go, tell me a few other things about the record. Like I've heard, you know, I think you've released four songs. They're all super great. Uh, I don't know if I even know if I have a favorite, but um, tell me about the rest of the record that you know isn't isn't out yet, and when this comes out, probably still won't be out. You know, so people can kind of get a feel. Like, is it is that kind of set the tone, or is there a bunch of curveballs that you guys ha- are are uh, you know kind of waiting until release date to to put out? Um, it's, it's funny. Cause like, I feel like each song has its own vibe. So the one, uh, we put a song called what took you so long. And that feels like 2014 knuckle puck to me. Um, and then we've also put out a song called breathe, which feels like, right. you know, 20, 2015 knuckle puck to me. And that's with Derek um, from Mayday Parade on that one, right? Correct. Correct. Yeah, that's a cool, uh, that's a cool collab. Yeah, man, that was really cool. We just we were just talking one day, and we were like, you know, would it be cool to have an actual guest vocal spot? And you know, me and Nick were just talking about it, and I was like, well, we could ask Derek because like Derek's our homie, and and he also has an Apollo twin at his house, so he just tracked his part at his house. Yeah. Um, but I just texted him, and he was like, yeah, I'm down to do it. Sweet. It's super easy. <laughs> That's great. But we do have a version where Nick sings on the bridge, and that that is also very special. Hmm. Isn't that interesting when you have those two options, and then you kind of don't know what to do, right? Because obviously you're going to use you know your friend's part and everything, but then you're kind of like, well, if we release this other version to the public, is that like cool or is that like weird that we're you know is it like a slight to the to the and I'm not saying Derek personally, but like anyone you know that that is on is it like if we release this other version, is that weird? Is that fine? you know like I don't think so. I think it's okay. like yeah. dude, going back to the Beatles, man, like you've listened to let it be naked, right? You know, I, I, I think I've only listened to it a couple times. I, I, I kind of hate let it be as a record. Oh. Maybe maybe I need let it be naked because Shane uh, Shane. I dude, I would say Abbey Road and Let It Be Naked. Those are those are like my two favorite Beatles records. Oh wow, okay, okay. Um, but in in the 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 re so Let It Be Naked was like a remix, um, and they used some different takes in on that record. Oh, cool. Then what's then what's on the other one? And there's you know Long and Winding Road is like way more stripped down and stuff. But um, I always hated that song. Really? I think it's like the worst. Well, I think it's the worst popular Beatles song. Yeah. Damn. Interesting. That's always All been right. my take. I, I I remember the first time I heard it being like, this is kind of weird and boring. And maybe maybe the alternate one, because I honestly like, I'm talking to myself up as a Beatles fan so much and then, you know, talk about Let It Be and I, I've like Let It Be Naked, I've probably only listened to once because I just, you know, that being the record that, you know that record almost got completely deleted forever, right? Yeah, I watched. I've I like downloaded 
Dude, I downloaded off like some Russian uh, torrent site. Like <laughs> somebody compiled, somebody compiled all of like the known footage that that they could find of those sessions, and I watched it incessantly from front to back, at, all the way to the rooftop concert. Right, and you know you can see like the tension and stuff like that. But but I, you know, and, and people talk about that record and how they hated each other, but they didn't seem to like totally hate each other. Like they were still. And the songs might not be, you know, what a Beatles fan would have expected. And I think that's what I kind of like about that record. Right. Well, yeah. Um, I mean, you know, you know the story, right? Like how Abbey Road was the, actually the last record they recorded, right? Yeah. So, like, yeah. so Let It Be, they recorded first, but then Abbey Road came out before Let It Be did. You know, and that record, they pretty much put out Let It Be as an afterthought when the band was, like, already done. You know, they didn't Well, they didn't yeah, because really they, care. like... They floated all the tracks over to Phil Spector, and that's yeah. that's what Paul didn't like about it or whatever, because Phil added all those overdubs and like chose the takes for certain songs that you know, and and they didn't really consult it with the band. Right. Can you imagine uh, being a producer of the Beatles and like not running that by them? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, dude, Phil Spector is a different level of insane. Right. So <laughs> yes, that's well documented. Um, oh, but but my point was right. uh, back to like the the breathe uh, guest spot or versus Nick spot, um, the the version of Let It Be on Let It Be Naked has like a, a a guitar solo by George Harrison that's not in the the original version of it. Interesting. And so like I don't know, it's kind of cool because you know I mean you've you've heard Let It Be a million times. Yeah. And then when you listen to that, you're like. Damn, that's a that's new. That's a guitar solo that it feels different. You know what I mean? Oh, totally. So I think you know having option A or B to listen to is like not necessarily a bad thing or a slight. And Derek, dude, Derek killed it. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, that guy's amazing. That guy's amazing. Dude, no no monitor on stage, no ears. You know that? What? No, I have to I have to get him on the show. I had him on for like a. We did like a warp tour special. This is fuck. This is like four years ago, and I talked to him for like twenty minutes on the podcast. And I've I've been meaning to get him back on. Maybe you can hook it up for me. Um, yeah, man. He doesn't use any monitors. No monitor. No in ears. No nothing. And when you ask him about it, he's just like, "Well, dude, you can just tell if you're singing bad or if you're singing out." And I'm like, "No, I no, can't. you can't. <laughs> <laughs> Not always." Well, I I had that thought. Very early on in my career when, you know, when you don't have any ears and your monitors absolutely suck, you know, you're in like yeah. terrible rooms, like you might as well not have monitors. And then, you know, what would happen is like once every, let's say like every 10 shows, you'd have like a good mix and you'd be like, this is amazing. But then all those other shows would be so bad. And I s- started thinking about just, just saying like, you know what, I'm just going to get used to singing with nothing. And if I can get used to singing with nothing, then maybe like I'm just set for life, you know? Yeah. And I guess that's what he did. It is what he did, man. It's wild. That's insane. I cannot wait to ask him about it. So yes, I hope he's uh, I hope he's down to talk to me. Dude, I'll text him right after we're done. Text him. We'll yeah. get we'll get it going. Awesome, dude. Well, <laughs> hey man, anything else to tell the people before I let you go? Um, thank you to anybody for, who's supported us like over the years. Um, I think last time we talked, I had talked about how like my favorite bands always had uh, the trilogy, like the three great records in a row. Yes. 
And uh, I feel like kind of you did it. I feel like a a semi personal accomplishment. Like, man, like, so, you know, I hope that people feel the same way. And and yeah, like if if you're hearing this for the first time and you have no idea who Knuckle Puck is or our band, you know, please check it out. We uh, we like to have fun. And and that's what the new record's about. And like moving forward, like that's, you know, that's kind of the role that we want to fill. Hell yes. 2020 is out September 18th on Rise Records. Pre-order that shit and get the pedal if they're available. Cool. Thanks a lot, Shane. Joe, thank you, man. And there it is with Joe. What a guy. He's a talented fellow. I really want to hear him ripping some uh, piano concertos ASAP. But hey, uh, good for him for picking up a new skill over the quarantine. If you have... Email me. I'd love to hear about it. For real. Um, Six months now, we've been doing this thing. Isn't that crazy? March was six months ago, and it feels like five fucking years. Oh, it's been crazy. But hey, yeah. Send me an email anyway. I'd love to hear how everything's going. I read them all, and I will try my best to get back. Hit the subscribe button. Make sure you are in the know for everything coming up. And, of course, check out the Lead Singer Syndrome all access club leadsingersyndrome.com slash all access well i'll see y'all next week i will leave you with a tune here is a new one from the upcoming record by knuckle puck it's out in like a week so go pre-order that shit and listen to it on release date here it is breathe featuring mayday parades Derek sanders on lead singer syndrome peace and love see you next time
Enjoy pushing.